This is the Cop Culture Cop Pop. This is our podcast, The Cult. Hey, welcome to our podcast. We need a reoccurring gag. Isn't that it? This is episode five. We're halfway through the Best Picture nominees for the Academy Awards. Can you believe that? I can't. We've already made four of these. All right, yeah, so have you learned anything new since last time we were here? On the pop, on the podcast? <laughs> yeah. About what? About anything? I don't know, about they pod- say you podcasting? Learned, they I, s- I've learned a few things. What have you learned? Tell me. I've learned how to make a podcast and how to upload it to the internet. Between episodes four and five, you had an epiphany, and this is how you make a podcast. Man, it's been an arduous journey to upload this stuff to Spotify and iTunes. Yeah. Let, let's have let it be said here and now that Steven is taking on 100% of production, <laughs> and I'm just, I do some of the research. You're the brains, and I'm the brawn. You're the good looks. You're man. the age, and I'm the beauty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm like the Pete Wentz, and you're the rest of Fallout Boy. <laughs> <laughs> was that a Fallout Boy reference? I'm going to vomit that out of my mouth. No, please. This is a 2005 podcast now. What was happening 15 years ago? I was graduating high school. I was in Washington State. I was probably wearing a raincoat because it rains a lot up there. So what's our podcast about? This podcast is about pop culture. Right now, exclusively movies. <laughs> We've taken on quite a venture trying to put out nine podcasts in two weeks. Just so everyone knows. Yeah. It's not easy. You have a particularly tough time, because I don't have a marriage or a child. I don't have a marriage story. You should be editing this. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But you're a much better editor. Well. To be fair. Tomato, potato. And you have a better ear for sound anyway. Did you hear my joke? Potato, potato. I said tomato, potato. Oh. Oh, so what are we doing right now? We are going through the nine best feature film nominations for the Academy Awards. Yeah. So after this episode, we'll be more than halfway done, Mm -hmm. which is nice. Good for everybody. And what we have left after this is Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Little Woman, and Hollywood, and Once Upon a Time. And today is Marriage Story. Today we're doing Marriage Story. It's the hump cast, the hump day of the podcast week, because you are not very interested in it. Yeah, this, apart from FVF, this is the second least interesting to me. I saw it. I want everyone to know that. I actually saw this one in the theater. I was very excited to do that. What? (laughs) I know you're being, that was sarcasm for the audio listeners. Wait, you went to a theater? No, but listen, here's why it's funny. You know what? You should do an advertisement for (laughs) Regal Unlimited. Wait, have you been there recently? Have you seen the ad where they have the... It's the worst. The superhero yeah, guy come so on stage? Bad. it's so I'm bad. I'm Captain Unlimited. <laughs> so I can bad. see as many movies as I want, anytime I want. It's super bad. I, I uh, And it looks like me, too, a little bit. They're targeting me. I saw that when I saw 1917, and I was like, that's got to be one of the worst advertisements I've ever seen. You know what's even worse than that? Are those Coke ads that they do. Yeah. Where... Those are bad. They... I don't know why those exist. Coca-Cola. <laughs> <laughs> Recently, too, I Whoa. feel bad for Olivia Wilde because she comes on and she's like, I'm happy to promote young <laughs> filmmakers. And then it's always too, like, quintessentially, you know, when you think of a film school kid, these are the two kids you see on your screen. Probably made a dozen of these videos and they're always terrible. They're just bad in every way. The production's terrible. 
the writing is atrocious. They're always like, I think I've thought a lot about those because I hate them so much. Everyone groans audibly in the theater. <laughs> and I'm like, what, how would I make one? Like, what would I do better? And you Anything. know, cause I think it's, it's what a 15, 30 second ad. Is it a 30 second ad? <laughs> <laughs> it feels like an hour. I think it's 30 seconds, but they're always, and it just ruins the mood. Everyone's no longer excited to be there. They're like intentionally bad. You know what I mean? I do. Speaking of marriage story, what is it about? Marriage story is a love story Mm -hmm. told through the framework of a divorce. Basically, the synopsis is the movie follows two people, Charlie and Nicole, who work in theater and show business in a way. They meet and they marry when they're young. They have a kid. And now about a decade later, they are slowly falling out of love while still caring about each other. So it's not like every divorce, but it is like some divorces. Yeah. And a little background on us. I'm married. Gabe is not married. I am a child of divorce. But is a child of divorce, unfortunately. I don't wear that as a badge of like, you know. But it isn't. it gives you a bit of a perspective. I don't know. Marriage is a funny thing. Marriage is a funny thing. And this film explores a lot about what that means to be married and to mm-hmm. be in love. And sometimes, even though, like you said, you can't really empathize with these characters. I think a lot of people still go through the same motions of falling in and out of love. And we'll talk about that. We have facts to get through. You want to read the facts? Sure. The budget of this movie was $18 million. It's a modest price tag. Good for an indie film. Like, you know. Okay, box office, a very limited release because it was also on Netflix. It made an estimated $2 million. It was very, very limited. Netflix only released it in a few theaters so they could qualify right. for the awards. Oh, uh, yeah. Because it is a Netflix movie. Yeah, you know. it has to be theatrical to some extent. Not just a made-for-TV movie. It was the limited release in November just to qualify for awards. I think they played it for a month, and then December is when Netflix released it online. Released to critical acclaim, especially for streaming. Which, real quick, side note, uh, in the first podcast, we mentioned Parasite. We weren't sure if it was the first movie to ever qualify for both the International Feature Award and the Best Picture, and it wasn't. And there have actually been five, one of which, and the reason I'm bringing it up, was because Roma did the same thing last year, which I think Netflix was involved, wasn't it? These are movies that would be produced by Hollywood, typically, Mm -hmm. and Netflix and other streaming sites are following their lead, and they're producing these movies Mm -hmm. at such a high level of quality and releasing them theatrically a little bit so that they can qualify for the awards. And this year alone, they have two in the best picture category, Irishman and this one, Marriage Story. And their other one, Two Popes, has the best actor nomination. So they're doing really well. All right. So Marriage Story had six Golden Globe nominations uh, for drama, motion picture, screenplay, score, actor, actress, and supporting actress. Laura Dern actually won that one. And Laura Dern won, yeah. For And she also won the SAG, is that right? Mm-hmm. Very cool. So She's great. And for the Oscars, Marriage Story has been nominated for six Academy Awards. Oh, the same exact ones yeah, as Golden Globes? Yeah, the same Gloves? exact ones. Oh, that's crazy. So it's probably going to win the same as well. And Scarlett Johansson is nominated twice this yeah. year, which is really cool, I think. What was the other one? Uh, JoJo. Was that Best Supporting? Yeah, and this was lead. That's cool. Yeah. And she was also in Avengers Endgame, which is the highest grossing film. No nominations for that one, for her. Yeah, for her. Until the next Avengers movie. Until Black Widow, which comes out in a couple months, and she'll be in that too. Along with your girl. Florence Pug. Pug. I heard her real voice for the first time a few days ago. Is it not the same voice from Midsummer? No, she's English. Oh, nice. She's great, though. 
And just Florence, I'm fangirling now, fanboying. She was nominated for Supporting Actress for Little Women, right? Mm. So she'll be running against Scarlet in one of these. And also, she'll be in the Black Widow movie. All right, so... Tell us a little bit about the movie and the people working on it, Stephen. Some specs. Bombach? Bombach. <laughs> it's not Baumbach. Baumbach. <laughs> He's the director and the writer of Marriage Story. His name is Noah Baumbach. Cool born, guy. Born in 1969 in Brooklyn. Just this year, it's like three New York kids. Brooklyn's at least. super. It's a cool spot if you've never been. Do you think he knew Todd Phillips growing up? Maybe. Um, yeah. His parents were film critics. That's true. How weird do you think that would be if you're a filmmaker like this, a writer director, and you you go home for Thanksgiving and your parents are both film critics, and you're just sitting there <laughs> carving up the turkey, and you're like, "So did you like my movie, Mom, <laughs> Dad?" Uh, yeah. They're like, "Actually, son." Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. He made a few movies before The Squid and the Whale in 2005. That was like the one that... I wouldn't call it a sleeper hit, but I remember when it came out, a lot of people were talking about that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wrote Life Aquatic and Mr. Fox with Wes Anderson. And then he made Greenberg in 2010, Francis Ha in 2012, While We're Young in 2014. That was a decent movie. The Mayorowitz Stories in 2017. Three of those were with Ben Stiller, and I like to refer to them as the Ben Stiller existential trilogy. The existential trilogy. The only one I've seen from Baumbach was the Meyerwood stories. It was put out on Netflix two years ago. Meyerwood story was great. Did you see that at all? No. It was Ben Stiller again, Adam Sandler, their brothers. Their father is Dustin Hoffman, and they're all estranged, and their sister is Emma Thompson. Oh, it sounds really cool, actually. Yeah, it was incredible. Yeah. And anytime Adam Sandler's in a dramatic role, shout out Uncut Gems one time. It's always a treat. Yeah, I want to see that now because I didn't. I love Ben Stiller and I love the dramatic roles of Adam Sandler. Check it out; it's on Netflix. I will. All of his movies deal with stuff like that, and yeah, the Squid yeah. and the Whale, which you could consider like a precursor to this movie, that deals with a divorce as well. Mm-hmm. And that one's actually modeled after his parents' divorce in the eighties. Oh, uh, that makes sense. Actually, now that I'm thinking about yeah. it, only yeah. in that movie you see sort of the fallout with the children as well. Yeah, because he's he's basically the boy in that movie. Yeah, that, that makes that, sense. That, so that was his parents' divorce, and then he wanted to be part of that, so he got a divorce and made another movie. <laughs> That's messed up. Let's actually talk about that for a second. He was involved with... Jennifer Jason Lee. So Noah Baumbach married Jennifer Jason Lee. And they were married for a few years, and yes. then in 2010, when he made Greenberg, he met... Greta Gerwig. Greta Gerwig. Who is also the director and writer of Little Woman. And they fell in love in their own way, and I guess... He kind of cheated on Jennifer with her a little bit. Yikes. And they got a divorce in the next couple of years. And then Greta Gerwig and Noah have remained a pair for the last decade. I don't think they're married, but they have a child. Anyway, that story is sort of what became Marriage Story. Yeah. He modeled that after his own experience. And a lot of Scarlett Johansson's character in Marriage Story emulates Jennifer Jason Leigh in a lot of ways. Like she had the teen movie. For Jennifer, it was Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Mm. But I think they're all on good terms now. Noah showed Jennifer the picture and she liked it, according to the article. The article that you read. Yeah, it seems amicable is what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now currently, Noah Baumbach and Greta Gerwig are two filmmakers who are together in a relationship. And both of them are nominated for a Best Picture for the Academy Awards this year. Yeah. Little Woman and Marriage Story. That's pretty cool. Super, super cool. You said this was the first time that's ever happened? Yeah, where there it's a couple that has each made their own film and been nominated for yeah. Best Picture. That's super, super cool. And they're both incredible movies. Talk about a power couple. 
Really quick, I'm going to go through a couple of other people that helped make this film. The director of photography was Robbie Ryan. He also DP'd The Favorite and American Honey, which was also a brilliant film. Edited by Jennifer Lame. She's really cool. I actually read a lot about her when we were talking about uh, She's editing Christopher Nolan's next movie called Tenet. Uh, she edited Hereditary, which was your boy. Ari Aster. Manchester by the Sea, which was my actually my favorite film of that year. And then Francis Ha as well. Uh, scored by Randy Newman, which, weird choice. I love that. Yeah, it, weird choice, but also scored He's Toy a, Story, Monsters, yeah. Inc., Cars. Uh, you could feel the Disney influence in this movie. Yeah. I could. The score had a playfulness, yeah, too. It was lighthearted. It that was I like, really liked. There were moments where I was like, I thought it was an up or some kind of Pixar right, picture right. because the levity yeah. of the score contrasting at times with what's happening on screen or just... I completely agree with that. Embellishing it. And then the actors, of course, were Adam Driver, Scarlett Johansson, Laura Dern, Ray Liotta, and Alan Alda. A lot of classic divorce films come into play here. The 70s, Kramer Kramer. Yeah. By Robert Benton. Uh, Scenes from a Marriage. Noah Baumbach has talked a lot about the influence of Ingmar Bergman. Scenes from a Marriage is the obvious comparison just because of, you know, it's following the lives of these two people that are falling in and out of love. The dissolution of his own marriage to Jennifer Jason Leigh is basically the groundwork for this film. Yeah, and I forgot, actually, that Scarlett Johansson was also going through her own divorce. Or she's been through her own divorce, which was with Ryan Reynolds, right? I I don't think Noah knew that she was going through a divorce when he approached her for the film. Really? Which is funny. Because yeah. they had wanted to work together for years. Oh. And then this finally happened, and he talked to her, and she's like, yeah, I'm actually getting divorced right now. He's like, oh, this can you channel that into this movie, please? Gosh, it's so sad, and so, yeah. such an unfortunate thing. All right. Um, yeah, yeah, and then and then we uh, Gabe's got a quote from Noah. I get a quote from Noah. Here we go. Talking about the kind of movies he makes and the themes they have, he said of himself that he returns again and again to make these sorts of movies about people who have an image of themselves that they can't live up to. And I think first about Ben Stiller and how he had all those existential crises across Baumbach's movies and how we have this idea of ourselves and who we are and who we're supposed to be. And Scarlett Johansson's character and Adam Driver's character have to wrestle with that as well. And then in the context of who they are with each other, that's the propelling force of this story. Let's talk about our own personal thoughts. Thoughts about the film. Did you like it? (laughs) Did I like the film? Thinking about it now some more while we've been talking about it. I, you were right about the score. There was like a, a levity to it that drove the film for me actually was the score, how the score interacted with the severity of the situation that both of them were in mm-hmm. and how it actually kept the audience feeling like, okay, I can keep going. And it was this motivation to keep going, watching this really horrible um, divorce happen. That's a cool way to think about it. The score was almost an encouragement for me to continue watching the film because of its levity. Again, we're trying to be as spoiler-free as possible, but there was this one scene. It was kind of the pivotal scene where they they kind of have an an emotional breakdown uh, toward the latter part of the second act, I would say, or the beginning of the third act. Something like that. Something like that. And it was so well acted. And if that, if was... that was written word for word on the page, it was. Then it was brilliantly written. And I don't think there was any score over that. That was all no, quiet. No. Yeah, it was all quiet. Talking about that scene a little bit, it was all intricately designed and rehearsed. It, mm-hmm. All 11 pages of it, Noah said it was not improvisational at all. Even the movements that they were making, and they cut it in such a way, like everyone was. It almost felt like holding on that one angle. Yeah. They played through the whole thing. They shot it all the way through 50 times. He did 50 takes because he no wanted to get it way. perfect. Yeah. How did they get the... 
He hits a hole. He hits a hole in a wall. Yeah, he punches a hole in a wall. He did it like 15 times. And, and it looks was, real. It looks like he actually punched through well, he did. plaster. Yeah. yeah, he actually punched a hole through the wall. And in one of the later takes, he almost punched a hole all the way through to the next wall. <laughs> I think they said luckily the neighbors weren't there that day because they would have been making quite a commotion. They probably just kept putting a different wall there because he was actually hitting it and hurting his hand. He's a strong guy. Adam Driver's a physical force. There's so much to say about that scene. I mean... Yeah, it's my favorite scene in the movie. The cinematography is is part of it, obviously. But the editing, I think, is actually even more important. And Noah Baumbach actually had Jennifer Lame, who edited the picture, with him on set throughout the entire process. So this movie, Jennifer Lame, the editor, was with him. And they have a very collaborative uh, dynamic. And even from the scripting phase, she was with him, helping him shape what these scenes would look like. So in this scene, this climactic crucial pivotal point in the movie and it keeps it keeps getting more and more intense they keep going closer and closer onto the actors faces which is some more that Bergman influence that he likes to talk about but specifically with the editing they would cut every time there would be a motion you know there would be a gesticulation where Adam Driver would like throw his hands up in exasperation or Scar Johansson would be really intense and she'd be crying and they would cut it very intentionally according to what they wanted to show on screen. So I just thought it was a very interesting process from an editor's point of view to see how much influence she would have in filming that scene. Mm. That scene was was very intense. Yeah. And the blocking, everything was designed that way. There's n- not a lot of improvisation in a Bombach shoot you according know. to... Ooh what he said of his own pictures interesting yeah uh it seemed almost really improv yeah uh which it feels natural it feels yeah, it very feels raw extremely natural and raw which is why i i thought it might have been improv but interesting to hear that it's not um what else do you have to say about this film i liked it a lot the opener was one of the other things that was very memorable to me because i mean it's a common thing in screenwriting where they're like you got to hook your audience in the first 10 minutes somehow mm-hmm. so this movie opens up with your two characters writing letters to each other and you hear voiceover them reading their letters about what they love about each other yeah for 10 minutes i think it opens with her and she's like i love charlie for all these reasons and then adam says i love nicole for all these reasons and then as soon as that's done and you've established these characters who they are and how much they care about each other that rug is pulled out from under you and you see that they're getting a divorce and so right off the bat there's just very interesting dynamic between these two people very early in the film you see this but they're still living together like so after that rug is pulled out then you see them go home together because they have a kid together it's it's like oh this is kind of interesting because they don't seem to hate each other yeah you kind of get a sense even though they're getting divorced you kind of hope that they could get back together in yeah way. you're rooting for you're, them you're, you're rooting for them to kind of to reconcile just stay in love almost especially since they work together and they're they're theater people He's the director, she's the actor, he's constantly giving her notes on her performance, even amidst this divorce process, and so he's trying to remain... Which is interesting, it's interesting that it's called marriage story in that way. Not divorce story. Because you are rooting for them to kind of say, even until until the end, in that scene that we were just talking about where he punches a hole in the wall, you kind of want them to get back together still even up to that moment, which is almost toward the end of the movie. And it's interesting that maybe that's why it's called marriage story is because you're rooting for their marriage the whole time. And this is what a marriage could look like. And there were so many parts where it could have worked out. Yeah. They could have easily reconciled, but these people are just headed in two different directions. Which, so. which you and I have talked kind of in length about that, what that actually means in a marriage and how to actually stay in love or, or stay married. and, and Or if you were even really truly in love in the first place. In today's culture. Yeah. And um, we had a lot to say. I don't know if we should discuss it now. 
it's another podcast. But that's another interesting to take what you're saying one step farther in time in terms of these two people. And there wasn't really a bad guy, I want to say, in this relationship. No. They were sort of naturally Laura, always... Laura Dern was the bad guy yeah. for me. <laughs> but between uh, Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson, you have all these other factors. But between the two main characters, there's really not a bad no. or antagonistic force. It's just that sometimes you get pulled apart. Right. Even when it's... I, yeah, I saw her perspective and I saw his perspective. And I agreed with both of them. That's why I'm really bad in an argument. I'm like, I don't know. I see I see both sides. I just want peace. Can there just be peace, please? Yeah. How do we um, come to terms? I mean, it's addressed that he cheated on her at one point. Yeah. There was a brief moment of infidelity. It's not an excuse, but he explains himself that this was during the period where their marriage was already falling apart and she was no longer being physically intimate with him. And so he, Adam Driver's character was, that's one of the ways he was dealing with what was happening is that he... Right. Felt a temptation that one time. And so I don't know. There are moments in the movie, even through those current events, where they're just hurting each other and they're saying terrible things, but they're also making little concessions with each other. And they're having moments, even in the midst of this, where they're becoming closer again. It's a very give and take, mm -hmm. even in the midst of this contentious divorce. Yeah. What do you have to say about the locations reflecting the characters? Oh, yeah. Because one, one is New York and one is L.A. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. they yeah. Well, they were kind of reflecting the characters. They start in New York, and that's where they lived for a while. And that's sort of Adam Driver's home, and that's his domain after he moved away from his parents. And it's very chaotic and kinetic and busy all the time. And Scarlett Johansson's character, Nicole, realizes after a while that that's just not who she is, who she wants to be. And she needs this more free and open space and lifestyle. So she goes back to where her family's from in L.A., where there is all this space. And they right. talk about that. But it's actually funny the way they address it in the movie, because a lot of these Los Angeles spaces they're shooting in are interiors. And it's kind of suffocating just to mirror the whole process of divorce. So that sense of openness and free living is always kind of elusive. And you never really see that come to fruition. So... That's true. I think a lot of people are going to relate to this movie. One of the other things they talked about when they were making the movie, I don't know how much of this was Robbie Ryan, the DP, but Noah Baumbach wanted to make everything more intimate and tell the story through the characters. So they shot it on 35 millimeter at the 1661 aspect ratio. What? They shot the whole thing on 35? Yeah. This whole thing was shot on film. Yeah. Oh my God. At, at a 166-1 ratio. So they call that, you know, they use it for portraiture. And that's really clear in all the close-ups they do. Like, for instance, in that climactic scene we were talking about. But you right. can, they just focus on these characters' faces so much throughout the movie. And it gives it a very unique feel. The way that this movie is shot, and even just through the lens, it's much more intimate. So that was a cool way they could give the film a bit more of a unique look. And I noticed that when I started watching it, I was like, this looks a little different. The aspect ratio is a little more blocky, hmm. a little more of a narrow frame. Right. I was going to say, because I, I was trying to compare this to my own marriage, which is going on four years now. Congrats. Thanks. Um, but I kind of was looking at this movie as this is what happens when ego gets in the way and the ego being their respective um, careers. Careers. Yeah. And them kind of adhering to this is the thing I'm building. I'm trying to build this version of myself, which goes back to what you were saying is the theme that Noah Baumbach tries to bring into each of his pictures Yeah, is this false representation of self. And marriage is all about 
laying down your ego or laying down your representation of yourself for the other. Um, and it's something that that's what marriage is, is your commitment to laying yourself down. Yeah. And people are always growing. Yeah. And sometimes you're not the same person you were five or 10 years ago and you might not even recognize that person anymore. Right. As I'm sure we can both relate to in a way. So when these people fell in love in this movie, they thought they knew what they wanted. They thought they knew who they were and then they became different people. Do you think it'll win best picture? No, (laughs) it won't. If it wins anything, it'll be the same one it's been winning so far, which is supporting actress. Okay. But it's got more competition now, so I don't know even about that. Yeah, I would like uh, Adam Driver or Scarlett Johansson to win for their own right. respective roles because they were both incredible in this movie. Let's let's maybe sum this up. You know, I was thinking the other day, like, what's the point of this? Why are we still doing this? <laughs> I'm having a good time. My answer to that was, I it's really just a creative outlet for me. And I really, I want to put something back into the world that's not hate, you know? Yeah. And so, and the reason that I enjoy film and television and and entertainment is I was thinking, is it really worth people's time to to be entertained this much? And I came up with, well, to me, yeah. I think part of living life is enjoying entertainment or being passionate about something and this is what we're passionate about and so i really want to reinforce the uh, notion of living passionately and finding something you're passionate about and pursuing that passion and if nothing else it's a healthy exercise in like you said self-expression and thinking things through because sometimes we get so caught up in our own heads it's good to bounce ideas off of other people that are a little different So there you have it. You have Gabe and Steven in a more introspective podcast. It's an introspective movie. Yeah. So on a reflective note. Go look in a mirror. (laughs) (laughs) A little reflection joke for you.